Hey everyone, this is Craig Valentine from TurbulenceTraining.com and TTFatLoss.com here with another great seven-day fat-burning coaching call. We're going to go through many more switches in your fat loss programming and in your attrition, and we're also going to talk about some new research on what happens when you do a workout and what happens to your metabolism. So there's been a lot of discussion and debate about this and a lot of hype over the years, so we're really kind of going to get to the truth based on the latest research, and some of it's a little bit surprising in terms of research, uh, resistance training and cardio. So that's what we're going to get into today. <clears throat> now, I'm home, and by home, home, I mean back at my parents' home for the weekend here. It's my mom's birthday, so I always come home for that, and I will be here for the weekend. And we actually just had one more snowstorm, and I guess that's probably going to be the last one of the year. But it's actually better to have the snowstorm than to have the mud for the dog, because otherwise he would come in very, very messy. Now, I'm also glad to be home. Last week I was in Cleveland, and, you know, except for the people I met there, there was nothing great about the trip, because it wasn't really even in Cleveland. It was one of those airport hotels, and you never really got to go anywhere. So I was really glad I went home on Saturday night. I had my regular uh, dinner that I like to have at home, and I was very happy to be back in Toronto. And... Aside from the snowstorm, spring really was in the air this week in Toronto, and I'm really looking forward to this time of year. That said, you may be able to hear that I have a bit of a cold, and I've been fighting this one ever since I got back from Panama the other week. It's never kind of blown into a full-blown cold, mostly because of my nutrition, and I've talked about that on my blog this week. In addition to that, I also want to mention congratulations to our six-week transformation winners. So our men's winner was Josh, and our women's winner was Rachel. They lost a lot of weight in six, just six weeks. And the 12-week contest continues, and we'll soon have people finishing that up. It's going to be fantastic. And our next contest starts in May. So again, in May, we'll have a six-week contest, and we'll have a 12-week contest. All right, so let's get started with this week. Monday, March 14th, our transformation tip of the week is... Something I posted on Facebook, and people really had a great response to it, and I said, you are responsible for your results. You will accept your results without casting blame, and you will learn from your mistakes so as not to make the same mistakes again. And then you will move on after making those mistakes, and that is how you will live, and that is why you will succeed. And you know where I got this information, actually, was a book on Warren and Buffett's investment methods, and this is a mindset that he has, is he believes in personal responsibility, and if he makes a mistake, then it's only his fault, and he learns from the mistake, and he creates a new set of rules, and he moves on, and I think we can learn a lot from that. Now, into the training tips for this week. Our first switch training tip is to change the implement that you use. So if you want to switch up your workouts, and you don't have any new workouts, one thing you can do to change it is just by using variations of the exercise with a different piece of equipment. For example, if you're using dumbbells, you could switch to uh, body weight or barbells. So if you're doing dumbbell chest presses, you could either switch over to bench press or you could switch into some type of advanced push-up. And if you were doing body weight, you could switch to a barbell or a dumbbell. So all that type of stuff is very, very simple. Very easy to change for the next four weeks. Now, a second switch training tip is to increase the difficulty of single leg exercises by starting from what is called a deficit so that simply means you're going to put your working leg up on a four to six inch step or aerobics riser. And you can do this with a 
Bulgarian split squat is a fantastic exercise, as well as a reverse lunge where that front leg stays stationary. And you'll get increased hamstring recruitment in that exercise. Now to move on to our research review of the week. And it comes from, we're actually going to do two of them, and they're both the post-exercise metabolic rate studies. So the first one comes from Medicine, Science, and Sports and Exercise, and it's called a 45-minute vigorous exercise bout increases metabolic rate for 14 hours. So this is some surprising research on how, I guess we would call it moderately intense cardio. It's definitely not slow cardio, it's, but it's not super intense that because they're able to do it for 45 minutes. But these subjects were men aged 22 to 33 years old, and they completed two different 24-hour stays in a metabolic chamber. So they stayed in this chamber, and they lived there, and they ate there, and they exercised there. Now, one day they didn't do any exercise, and then another day they did 45 minutes of cycling in this metabolic chamber at 73% VO2 max, and it was always done at 11 a.m. And then their activities in that metabolic chamber were tightly controlled so that they weren't you know, doing additional activity. They were literally in this little room, like a hotel room, so that everything was controlled. And what they found was the 45-minute exercise bout obviously resulted in calorie burning, and so it burned 520 calories. And there's our first lesson. So 45 minutes of pretty hard cardiovascular exercise only burns 520 calories. So when you hear these people saying they burn 900 calories in 30 minutes with some of these advanced bodyweight workouts and stuff, you really have to be very skeptical of that because even to burn 1,000 calories in an hour is extremely difficult. And to do it in less than an hour, in 45 minutes or 30 minutes, is flat-out lie. You simply can't burn 1,000 calories in 30 minutes. Now, that said, they did burn 520 calories with their 45-minute exercise bout, and what they found was for those 14 hours that they remained in the metabolic chamber, their energy expenditure was almost 200 calories greater after that workout compared to the rest day. So, you know, essentially what I've given you here is some good news for people that love to do cardio. And if you do 45 minutes of cardio, you only burn 520 calories at a pretty decent pace, not super intense, but pretty decent pace. And then you may burn another 200 calories in 12 hours after that. So, again, this is the researchers conclude that 45 minutes of exercise resulted in a significant post-exercise energy expenditure that lasted for at least 14 hours. And that was another 37% increase in calorie burning from the 45 minutes of cycling. So pretty impressive stuff there. Now, our second study is on the same topic. And this one is called One Set Resistance Training Elevates Energy Expenditure for 72 Hours Similar to Three Sets. And so that's not the best title in the world. Um, it's from the European Journal of Applied Physiology. And essentially what it means is, as we'll see in a second with the study results, is that if you do one set of resistance training or you do three sets of resistance training, both of those will increase your post-exercise calorie burning to the same amount. So this is more good news for people that are stuck with very little time to exercise. So it shows that even if you can only do one set per exercise, it's still very worth it to go in there. <clears throat> so here's what happened. They had eight overweight adults 21 years old, do a full-body resistance training workout, 
and they did this two times. One time they only did one set of each exercise, and another time they did three sets. And so they did ten exercises, and they did ten reps. And what they found was <clears throat> there was no difference for the uh, amount of calories burned within the workout. However, <clears throat> pardon me, for both groups, they both had an increase of 5% in their energy expenditure after exercise for 24 hours, 48 hours, and 72 hours compared to baseline. So the good news here is resistance training will increase your calorie burning by an average of 5% over 72 hours, which is a lot. Now, they didn't do a shorter measurement of 12 to 14 hours like our cardio study, but that's pretty significant. And so you want to do resistance training to boost your calorie burning after exercise. But what they also found was there was no difference between doing one set or three sets. And the one set workout only lasted 15 minutes, while the three set workout lasted 35 minutes. So this is fantastic news for women. I've always done this with female clients who are really concerned about bulking up. I only had them do one set sometimes for resistance training because I knew that the one set would give them most of the results that they would get from three sets without the increased volume of training, which is associated with more muscle growth. <clears throat> so anybody who's looking to not get bigger but still get the benefit of resistance training should focus on doing one set. And basically they concluded that the one set resistance training provides an attractive alternative to either cardio or multiple set resistance training programs for weight management and young adults due to the minimal time equipment and the equal elevation in post-exercise calorie burning. Very interesting study there. All right, so let's move into our Wednesday workout tip, which is another switch. And so for this one, here's what I want you to do. I want you to challenge yourself with an exercise like a one-arm row. I want you to double the number of reps you do with the double with the one-arm rows in your workout. So if it calls for 12, I want you to do 20 or 24 reps per side. But I don't want you to decrease the weight by 50%. I only want you to decrease the weight by 25%. And you should be able to do that with good form as long as your grip holds out. So keep your torso tight. Resist rotation. And your obliques are actually getting an incredible amount of work in this workout. And your grip strength is going to get stronger. So very important tip there. Try that out. Really like that high rep rowing. And, in fact, in the powerlifting world, those are no, those are getting known as Croc Rows, K-R-O-C, because there's this guy named Matt Kroknicki, I think is his last name, who's starting to popularize those with like 300-pound dumbbell rows or 200, I can't remember how heavy, maybe they're closer to 200-pound dumbbell rows on the Internet where he does tons of repetitions, and he really is a strong dude, and he shows that when you do high-rep dumbbell rowing, it's more your mind that gives out before your body. Again, don't let your form break down. Don't round your low back, but push yourself in that exercise. All right. Now let's move into Trainer Thursday, and we'll give you a training tip if you're a personal trainer. And this is where we often talk about how to get more clients or how to be better for your clients. Now today we're actually going to do a training tip for you because we've been putting, I've been putting so many training tips up on my Facebook page. So the training switch is a little trick to use with your clients to give them an equally good workout, but they're going to think it's harder. 
And the tip and trick is to use intervals at the start of a fat-burning workout. Now, I don't recommend this be used all the time because I like people to be fresh for their strength training and then do their interval training after. But I haven't found any research that shows the strength training before interval training leads to greater fat loss. But again, it'll lead to greater strength. But if strength isn't your focus and you want a, a subject, a subject, sorry, a client, I've been researched too long, calling client subjects. But if you want your clients to experience a more difficult workout in their mind while still giving them great results safely, you can do the interval training first and then do a little bit of a modified workout. You're going to do more body weight exercises and less heavy weight training when you do intervals before resistance. But your clients will say, oh, that workout was harder than normal because they had the elevated heart rate and elevated uh, blood lactate from the interval training first, and so everything's going to be harder from there on. Again, it's not something I use all the time because I really like strength training first, but it's something you can use. Now let's move into Facebook Friday. I'm doing a lot of Q&A sessions over on my Facebook page at TurbulenceTrainingFanPage.com. Make sure you stop by there to ask your questions. So today's question is, in the areas of strength building and fat loss alone, we see the benefits of bodyweight workouts, shorter duration, and not doing too much cardio. But what about health benefits, cardiovascular health, fighting pre-diabetes? How does cardio match up to doing resistance training? Is resistance training enough to tackle these diseases? And the answer is this. Cardio is fine for general health, and it helps you prevent those diseases. However, as with fat loss, diet is the most important aspect of cardiovascular health and avoiding disease like diabetes. Most people don't realize that, but it's not just exercise. After all, you can be a marathon runner but still get heart disease if you eat French fries and trans fatty acids every day. So nutrition is the most important thing for your health and your fat loss. And, in fact, there are, things, there are four things that I call the four horsemen of your body's apocalypse. And avoiding these four things are the keys to longevity and health. So you want to avoid obesity, which is nutrition and exercise-based. You want to avoid smoking. You want to avoid ex- excessive alcohol. And you want to avoid activity. And research shows that those are the four biggest factors for heart disease and cancer. And if you simply avoid those things, you don't necessarily have to be particular about the minutia and the details that so many people get hooked on if you simply avoid obesity, smoking, excessive alcohol, and inactivity. So as long as you stay active with something and as long as you keep your weight down in a healthy manner and you don't smoke and you don't drink too much alcohol, you're probably going to be within 95% of your lifespan and your correct body weight and your health. You can get a little bit better by being uh, pretty obsessive about your greens intake like I am, and I really believe that that's helped me avoid a full-blown cold here. But again, those four things are the most important things. And so that said, going back to the original question, the activity does not need to be long, slow cardio in order to get health benefits. Resistance training and interval training have similar long-term health benefits for avoiding disease. So it's a great question, and please ask your question on TurbulenceTrainingFanPage.com. Now into Social Support Saturday, my favorite day of the week, and just a simple quote to share with you that always gets people fired up on my Facebook page when I say to them, when I tell them to never, ever, ever give up, and I give them a great quote like this one from Napoleon Hill who said, most people have attained their greatest success just one step beyond their greatest failure. So even if things are going rough, 
never give up, and realize that better days are just ahead. So that's the social support that I want to share with you today. And now finally, we move into Sunday, which is our shopping and preparation day for nutrition. Of course, you can do that any day, but we always do our nutrition tip here at the end of the call. And so this is a Q&A that came in. It was, how many grams of protein can you digest at one time? And this is a very common question you see in magazines and on the Internet all over the place. And people are very misunderstood about this question. So it's a long scientific answer. And the answer is your body is going to digest and absorb almost all of the protein that you eat. So you're looking at maybe 95%. And this comes from my mentor, Dr. Mark Tonopolsky, who's done more protein studies than I can count, and he does plenty of metabolic studies. And the guy just memorizes every metabolic pathway. He's done so much stuff. He's a neuromuscular doctor at, in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And he was quoted in a magazine one time saying 95% of the protein you uh, eat is digested and absorbed. Now, that said, what people are really asking here is not how much is di- digested, but how much can actually be used, so absorbed and utilized, well, the digestion and absorption, sorry, is 95%, but how much of that is actually utilized for what you want to use it for, which is building and repairing your muscles? And the answer is going to be less than that because if you take in 400 grams of protein, your body can digest and absorb 90 or 95% of it, but what's going to happen is the protein is going to be broken down into amino acids, which are the components of protein, and then it's going to be it's going to go from your small intestines into your bloodstream directly to your liver. And if there's an abundance, an overabundance of amino acids, your liver can take off this little nitrogen-based molecule from the protein and turn it into what's called a carbon skeleton that then can be used in energy pathways. So if you take in too much protein, you're going to end up excreting the nitrogen in your urine, and you'll end up using the remaining component of the amino acid, the remaining carbon skeleton, just for energy uh, production. So most people can easily digest and absorb all the protein they take, but it just doesn't get used to build more muscle. So if you double your protein intake from 200 grams to 400 grams, you're not going to get double your muscle growth because – I like people to understand what goes on in their muscles as like a factory. So let's say you had a factory making boxes, and that was what your muscles do. They make muscle muscle protein out of the amino acids you deliver. Now, if you have this little factory making boxes, and you deliver five times the amount of cardboard that the factory can handle, what's going to happen? Well, the cardboard's just going to sit there, or it might end up rotting in the rain it's not going to end up being used because the factory can only work so fast. And that's what happens in your muscles. You can supply all these amino acids, but if the metabolic machinery is just not moving fast enough or there's just not enough machinery there to process all the amino acids you provide, it's just going to be wasted. And so that's why you don't need to consume 400 grams of protein or 300 grams of protein or even 200 grams of protein. So the bottom line is stick to about 20 to 30 grams of protein in each one of your meals per day. And if you can only get 10 grams of protein at a meal, that's fine. Don't worry about it. General recommendation is to make your life simple by eating whole natural foods, and everything will work out. So you're still going to see lots of people saying you need 2 grams of protein per pound 
of muscle or per pound of body weight, and you'll see that in the muscle building world. But you know, guys like Brad Pilon, who have done a lot of research in the real world and with bodybuilders, just they haven't seen that type of information supported by real world research or scientific research. And so it's up to you to continue to consume how much protein you want, but realize that once you get above about 120 grams of protein per day, you probably will be excreting most of that nitrogen in your urine. So something to think about there, and hopefully will help you maybe even control your budget by not over-consuming expensive protein sources. All right, so that's it for this week. Next week, we're going to give you some training tips on what I learned from John Romanello in our new programs that we put together as a team, the Clash of the Titans 2 and 3. I'm also going to give you a research review on technology-based fat loss, and I'm going to give you controversial nutrition switches to help you with your fat loss program. So that's it for this week, everyone. Craig Valentine from TurbulenceTraining.com and TTFatLoss.com wishing you another great seven days of fat burning and post-exercise calorie burning. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye, everyone.